0: Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Oper in Dresden, Germany. Today we're discussing two arias from Gounod's Faust, Avant de quitter, and Marguerite's Jewel Aria, with French-Canadian coach Nathalie Doucet. We'll talk a little bit about what spellings form the J-glide, about the mixed vowels, Uh, and uh, the OE and the O slash phonetic letters, about why you should study the diction of your own native language, and the differences between Canadian French and the French spoken in France. You can find the texts to these arias through the link at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. One of the toughest things about learning French is knowing which letters actually get pronounced. Since the language isn't very phonetic, it requires a lot more hands-on studying than, say, Italian or German, where the basic pronunciation rules are much easier. Back when I first took French, I found that the best way for me to study was to do a lot of active listening, and actually to transcribe what I was hearing and compare it to what was printed in the book afterwards. If you've already studied some French, the best podcast I know to freshen it up is called Podcast Francais Facile. The man who runs it has a gorgeous French accent, It obviously likes jazz music. There are several levels, one for beginners, one for people with some experience, two episodes for advanced students, and an entire section where you can listen to him read a partially printed text and fill in the missing words online. I was able to download it a few years ago on iTunes, but I just checked there and it no longer seems to be available there. So I'll post a link to the website on the blog. Our first text is Avant de Quitter, Valentin's aria, as he leaves home for battle. In our discussion, you'll notice that Nathalie calls the Glide a yacht often. Now, according to the diction books, that is actually the name of the Glide, which I had completely forgotten. But both names are completely valid, and I'll probably still call it a jayglide to stay consistent, and because that's the phrase that makes the most sense to me.
1: Oh, cette médaille qui me vient de ma soeur. Au jour de la bataille, pour écarter la mort, reste là sur mon cœur. Avant de quitter ces lieux, sol natal de mes aïeux, à toi, Seigneur et Roi des cieux, ma sœur, je confie. Daigne de tout danger, toujours, toujours la protéger. Cette sœur si chérie, daigne de tout danger, la protéger. Délivré d'une triste pensée, j'irai chercher la gloire, la gloire au sein des ennemis. Le premier, le plus brave, au fort de la mêlée, j'irai combattre pour mon pays. Et si vers lui, Dieu me rappelle, je veillerai sur toi, fidèle, ô Marguerite, avant de quitter ces lieux, Sol natal de mes aïeux, à toi Seigneur et roi des cieux, ma sœur je confie. Au roi des cieux, jette les yeux, protège Marguerite,
0: roi des cieux. That was Nathalie Doucet reading avant de quitter ces lieux, and I thought we'd take this chance to talk about the J glides because we seem to have all the different versions of a J-glide spelling that we pretty much can find in this aria, right?
1: Yes, exactly. First one is midai. And we were talking earlier in our pre-conversation about how a double L and AI, and what makes it i and not A. Mm -hmm. Because AI can sometimes be E. It can sometimes be A, depending on the tense of the verb. But in this case, I-L-L-E is almost always going to be with a J-glide. And just remember that I-L-L-E, always with a J-glide, unless you have these three following words. mil, Tranquille, and Ville. Those three words are the only three words that we don't pronounce the I-L-L-E as a yacht and the derivatives of these words, like villageois, million. If you remember that, then you know that unless they're derivatives of these words... Then you're gonna have a yot, and then any letter that's in front of that is just kind of left on its own. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have medai and not miday or midi, mm-hmm. midai.
0: Okay. And the same thing,
1: obviously, in bataille Same exact same thing, yeah. The ille is almost always going to be a yot unless you have those three words and their derivatives. So.
0: Yeah. So when we get straight to the aria proper, we start with avant de quitter, elieu.
1: <laughs> so that does sound like a J-glide Yeah, I guess if I was writing it in phonetics I probably would put a, a J-glide Although it's just a matter of pronouncing vowels So we have li-e So e-u-x is o slash And then e, so li-e And then you just say it fast, li-e, li-e You
0: just say all the letters in
1: order and then it works Exactly, it's like it's like pui It's that same kind of idea where you have U E pui where a lot of people want to go pui with a W, but it's actually just say all the vowels in one after the other and you should be fine, Pui puis, puis. Exactly. same, same, same uh, case.
0: Yeah. Well, then we have the rhyme with lieu.
1: Yes, and that's written differently because we have the little umlaut or tréma we say in French and uh, we have a The tréma tells us that we have to pronounce the E as an E and not as anything else than an E, not as an E. Or an A it just tells us that the e is pure. So I do. I just say all the word, all the vowels in a,
0: yeah, in a row. So that yeah. so the so the umlaut, like you call it, the, the umlaut over that i basically means that the i actually keeps its own identity and isn't if, doesn't affect the a. So it's not E, eh, it's not ai, at all. It's i. Precisely, yeah, precisely. The uh, the in French doesn't
1: change the vowel like the umlaut does in German. It it actually just keeps the vowel pure. So, if you see a tréma in French, then you know that the vowel just stays as it is. So, IU" instead of e eh, eh, it would be otherwise it would be eu eh, or mm-hmm. eu, but in this case, because of the tréma, it would be au. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, later in the aria, we get basically what we had before with the médaille, je vais yurer.
1: Yes. And that is special because e in front of the ILL is always going to be open, never closed. Oh, cool so you know it's veilleret mm-hmm. uh, otherwise the ill in the middle of the word is, is going to be a yacht it just is it's really not a there's really not a rule same difference as when we had a i l l e It's the same kind of rule even if it's in the middle of, of the of the word
0: we also have the j glide with an n in this when yes. we talk to the lord god seigneur
1: seigneur is if it, the N was in front of the G, then we'd have a, a NG sound, the N in the back. But because the N comes after the G, then we have a N, This is the N, J. Which is basically so
0: like it is in Italian, too.
1: Precisely as it is in
0: Italian, yeah. You just kind of put that all together. So, sen, So now, we've talked about all these words in regards to the J-glide, but now we can talk about almost all of these words for the they have mixed vowels, which in, which in German correlate to our umlauted vowels, the o umlauts, and we have both the open and closed versions of them in French as well. And most of these words happen to have those. Yes,
1: yeah. we have as in o e, and then you have e dieu as the o slash. Yeah, and then you have the schwa, which is e. Uh. So what's the difference, right? So e mm-hmm. e uh, uh, actually the schwa and the O, E, for me, are very, very close, close to each other. So you have K and uh, je. The only difference is the je is more forward, and the O, E is more open. And then you have e which is hyper-close, rather than... So the, the, I guess the direction would be e e ö, ö. So you would have those three kind of colors there.
0: And the choix sort of was in between that for
1: you? Yeah, for me it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, it's a, the, one of the most talked about vowels in the French language, the schwa. Definitely. And I, I like to think of an a e vowel and rounding my lips forward to an O shape. So E, e je, je. I think it's it more forward,
0: but not as forward as an E. Okay. And this happens through the entire beginning of the aria, the, for the yeah. close, the O slash. The O slash. I use, and uh, where was the other one? Yes. Dieu. Sieu.
1: Sieu. And we have the open one all over the place. and then you have de for the choix, and je, confie and the final choix as well, mm-hmm. that are all e. Uh. So we have so, je, e, dieu. Those are the differences for me, for yeah. so in my, in my ear, yeah.
0: Now we have a couple of little oddly pronounced words. Enemies. Now in English, we can look at this and think that it says enemies, and then you actually pronounce it almost the same way we do in English, right? Enemy. Enemy.
1: And uh, I think, I don't know the rule. I mean, EN is definitely more than ought, not pronounced as en. Uh, but in this case, I think because it's uh, a double N, it must come and open that vowel to an e. Enemy. But be really careful that the E, in the middle of that word, is pronounced as a schwa. Okay. And that's a problem that uh, I come across all the time. When there's a schwa in the middle of a word, people want to pronounce it as an E. I used to have this problem
0: thinking, too, if you have a verb that's parli, or vei-yi, mm-hmm. that, that when you make it into the future, that vei-yi, that, that last syllable which used to be closed, I always had a hard time remembering that that then becomes... A choix, as opposed to stay maintaining its closed anus. And we have that here, veilleuré. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you make it into a schwa. And almost every time you see an E in the middle of a word like that, it'll be a schwa.
0: We talked a lot about the I-L-L-E being the J-glide, or the yacht, but we also mentioned the exceptions, mille, tranquille, ville, where the L is pronounced. In some diction books you'll find the phrase a thousand tranquil villages as a trick to remembering these words. But Nathalie had suggested to me a million tranquil villages because we can recognize the word mille in million. Nathalie's version also helps remind us that all the derivatives of these three words have the spoken L. One other interesting exception is pupille, p-u-p-i-l-l-e, as in the pupil of the eye. Our next text is Marguerite's Air des Bijoux, otherwise known as the Jewel aria or the Jewel song. In auditions and concerts, most people skip the whole beginning, King of Toulon section, and start right with the three chords before "Oh Dieu que de bijoux," which is what we'll do here as well. Oh Dieu que de bijoux est ce
1: rêve charmant qui m'éblouit où si je veille mes yeux n'ont jamais vu de richesse pareille. Si j'osais seulement me parer un moment de ces pendants d'oreilles. Ah Voici justement au fond de la cassette un miroir. Comment n'être pas coquette Ah Je ris de me voir si belle en ce miroir. Ah Je ris de me voir si belle en ce miroir. Est-ce toi, Marguerite Est-ce toi, réponds-moi Réponds-moi, réponds, réponds, réponds vite. Non, non, ce n'est plus toi. Non, non, ce n'est plus ton visage. C'est la fille d'un roi. C'est la fille d'un roi. Ce n'est plus toi. C'est la fille d'un roi qu'on salue au passage. Ah, s'il était ici, s'il me voyait ainsi, comme une demoiselle, Il me trouverait belle. Achevons la métamorphose. Il me tarde encore d'essayer le bracelet et le collier. Dieu c'est comme une main qui sur mon bras se pose. Ah, je ris de me voir si belle en ce miroir. Ah, je ris de me voir si belle en ce miroir. Est-ce toi  « Marguerite, est-ce toi Réponds-moi. Réponds, réponds, réponds vite. Ah, s'il était ici, s'il me voyait ainsi, comme une demoiselle, il me trouverait belle. Marguerite, ce n'est plus toi, ce n'est plus ton visage. Non, c'est la fille d'un roi qu'on salue au
0: passage. » That was Nathalie Doucet reading Marguerite's Aria from Faust. And I, th- I thought we would talk about that O I combination, because we seem to get that all over this piece.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, you just have to know that O I in French is phonetically spelled W-A. So <laughs> you have here moi, toi, roi, soi, everything that has O I will be what and that's with a, a bright A and a W. So it's just a glide, a W glide. Yeah. This aria is all about OI, and it's a, exactly. a matter of just knowing that it's always going to be a nice bright A there to sing on.
0: Yeah. Well, that also works with OY, as in voyer.
1: Voyer, it would be the same. You have OI, and then Y, and it's A-I-T, I think, at the end. So you have what and then the Y actually does act as a y. Because that can also be the sound of a Y in French. She has a Y sound, which is this j glide for us in phonetics. Mm-hmm. So you have y, y, So that's how that
0: all works. We have, il me tarde encore d'essayer. We have a, we have a rhyme here that's not a perfect rhyme, right?
1: Right, exactly. Il me tarde encore d'essayer le bracelet et le collier. So,
0: bracelet is open.
1: Yeah, et is open. Almost always an open air at the end of a word like that. Like my name, Doucet. It's not Doucet. It's not Doucet. But it's Doucet. And if it was Doucet, then we'd have T T E. If it was Bracelet, we'd have T T E. But actually, it's Bracelet. That's also a common mistake. We think it's going to be E because of the rest. Uh, of the words being all rhymy, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's actually, bracelet, bracelet, and collier.
0: The other thing with the with the collier is that we actually do say the L's. With the I L L E, it's just a J glide, but here the I is after the L's. Yeah, that is
1: a good point. It's not the same as having fille or something like where, that, where, where the I is before the L's. Yeah, right. Exactly. So in this case, it is collier, and we do pronounce the double L. There are a couple of cases like that in the, so areas. Like the most interesting one with I, I-L that I find is so funny is when you have the word F-I-L-S. And people don't quite know how to pronounce F-I-L-S. Yeah. It can have two different meanings and two different pronunciations, but it looks exactly the same. The first meaning would be, uh, we don't have it in this area, but I think it's interesting to talk about it. It would be FIS. We pronounce it FIS. And that means sun. Someone's sun. Not the sun from the sky, which is soleil, but your offspring, fils. Mm-hmm. And if you have, talking about um, a thread or a cable, then it would be pronounced fil. You look at them,
0: and they're the same, but you need to know what the context is. Ex- well, and, and just to add one more word into that, F-I-S. It actually happens in Faust. Faust himself says the word F-I-S. to fils avec amour, in his yeah, aria. The word is actually fi. Yeah. Without the s, but because yeah, be- because of the liaison rules, exactly. Then you say the s at the end, which becomes a z, and then it's in that whole other can <laughs> of worms. But to throw yeah. that in with the feast and feel, you also have fée.
1: Yeah, exactly. And fée is just the past tense of the verb to do. So fad. And those are the intricacies, intricacies, intric- intricacies <laughs> of of the languages, of so the ins and outs of French. You have to either know it or find someone who can help you know it and uh, and learn it. But yeah. it's uh, one of those things that you really just have to learn and know. If it's a verb, if it's a noun, how is it pronounced differently if it is.
0: Yeah, which is why we always start from the text, because then you can really get a sense of the grammatical structure, and you have a better chance of knowing what you're talking about if you can find that subject verb and figure this the structure of the sentence out.
1: Precisely, and that's what we were talking about um, earlier, I think, about the AI. And in some cases, it can be an e, and in some cases, it's an a, a it's a closed a because of, it's a future tense of the verb rather than the, you know, the conditional or the the imperfect tense of the verb in French, so.
0: Well, and here we have a, a lot of examples of that, actually, in, because in this song, almost everything she says is conditional, right? If I dared, and if he saw me, this is all of these a, i's, a, i, t, a, i, s.
1: Yeah, those are usually... An open air vowel a i s a i t. Those are usually open, open air sounds. Now in the other area we were doing earlier in avant de quitter we had veillerie and that's also a i but because it's the future tense we pronounce it as a close e, and the close e in French is not the same as the close e in English. It has a more closed sound. It almost feels like an, the e vowel, the like e, the closed I. Yeah, the closed eye. It goes closer to that than anything else, without closing it too much. But it's, again, also for the a e sound in, in French, it's more forward and a little more closed than the E sound in English, which is, I think, more back. Like when you say the word feather, e, e, that's more back. But if you say uh, then that's more closed, and and that's the future, that's even more closed. So you have to think about those vowels in French in terms of being more forward and a little
0: more close, than you would do it in English. Ah! Did you hear me say, tu fises avec amour? With my horrifying err. It irks me that after all these years, and all the time I put in studying and working on my languages, that it still pops out there, but what can you do? So, we also had a few liaison rules that we can discuss with this aria. In the recit, Si José seulement me parer un moment, this m'parer the R in there, is a compulsory liaison because we must connect infinitives with closely linked words and modifiers. In this case, me parer means to adorn myself, and un moment is the modifier just to describe how long. So, me parer un moment. Then, in the aria proper, we have two liaisons back to back, Ah, s'il était ici, s'il me voyait ainsi. This rule is very similar to the last rule, but here it's compulsory because we must connect a verb with its adverb. S'il était ici, if he were here. In this phrase, here is an adverb of place describing where he would be. And s'il me voyait ainsi, if he saw me thus. Thus is an adverb of manner describing how he would see you. And I hope we made it clear how important it is to know the verb tense in French, because it has a direct effect on pronunciation. Honestly, this was hard to find in the diction books, but I did find one that mentioned it. The verb endings A-I-S, A-I-T, and A-I-E-N-T, which are the indicative conditional tense endings, tend to be open a, while in the simple future and simple past tenses, the first person singular ending a i is a closed e. Nathalie Doucet is a native of New Brunswick, Canada, and studied at L'Université de Moncton and L'Université de Montréal Montreal. She's worked for many opera companies in North America, including Opéra de Montréal, Des Moines Metro Opera, Orlando Opera and Knoxville Opera, and was on the staff of McGill University. She's also been on the faculty of several European summer music programs, including Cosi in Sulmona, Italy, and Ames in Graz, Austria. She now lives in Holland and freelances there. We had a chance to talk a little more generally about a few topics, starting off with the point of studying diction in your native language.
1: I know for me it was difficult when I was taking my diction classes years and years ago, and I was taking my French diction class, and I thought, why do I need French diction? I know how to say it, but no, it's not about that. It's about knowing the rules and knowing why something is pronounced a certain way, and even if we pronounce it one way, in when we speak, it's not exactly the same way when we sing, but I remember that Y would confuse me when I would write phonetics, the Y, because in my language, it can be an E or a Y, and I would want to write the J-glide with a Y, and I would make mistakes all the time, so for me, Y can be also a Y, the letter Y.
0: Yeah, well, and that's why I think it's really important to be, be, to use a consistent kind of IPA in your yeah. own transcription, even if you don't use something anybody else can understand, if, if you know that a, y, a J-glide for you is a letter Y, then write the Y. It's right. really not that big of a deal as long as you know what the rest of us are talking about when we say J-glide.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Whatever works for you to remember because I have, can't tell you how many young singers I coach who they want to write the proper phonetics, which is great, but unless you really know what that symbol means, then it, if it's not going to help you on the page and write something next to it that reminds you what that symbol Means and then one day you'll know what the symbol means off offhand. Exactly.
0: What do you think about the R's flipped in the front or the back uvular R?
1: My R's when I when I read it, they're uvular. But when I when I coach to sing, I like a little flipped R. Never rolled, ever, never ever rolled R um, in my coaching because it makes everything sound Spanish or Italian, <laughs> and uh, then I don't know what language you're in. Um, definitely a flipped R. The uvular R is really big right now. I know that I've coached some people from Montreal that came to, to see me and they were being coached the uvular R. I know in France they use it, but I work with French singers that sometimes use it, but sometimes they don't because in the high range, it's hard to do the uvular R. But for American or English Canadians or non, non-native non French speakers, I think it's just the best bet to flip your R. Yeah,
0: um,
1: It's easier to sing and it just sounds better. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How much difference is there between Canadian French and French-spoken in France?
1: Well, first of all, let's talk about what's similar. It's the same language. they are the same grammatical rules, and the words are all pronounced the same. I've been raised from birth in French. I've been to all French schools. I'm educated in French. Now, the fact that we are in a country that also has English as its official language, and our neighbors are the United States of America... Of course, we have a strong English influence. And um, just as there is in France, different dialects, different regions where we speak French a little differently, the same is true for Canada. You have Quebecois that's a bit different. I'm from New Brunswick, which is the only official province in Canada that's bilingual, officially. Uh, Quebec is unilingual French, and then the rest of Canada is unilingual English, but there are a lot of French speakers all over Canada. But in New Brunswick, we have about... I would say now, maybe 350,000 to 400,000 French speakers, and some of us speak perfect English, and some of us also don't speak any English at all. So when you hear a Canadian French speaker, it's the same, only that our accent is different, and our expressions are different, and we may use different vocabulary. For instance, our nasal sounds can sound a little more open than the French the average French person from France, um, instead of going en, we might go en, a little more open, as when we speak. Also, expressions are completely different. But we go to France and we're understood, and they come to us and they're understood. Right. It's a, and every French, I think, person in Canada can make their French into a more, I like to call it international French. The Engl- the French in France will use a English word but make it sound French, like they would say le parking, le weekend whereas some regions in Canada would just say it in English. Instead of having, like, making it French, they say le parking. And that's, like, in my region, we have that, right? Mm-hmm. And then in Quebec, you have different dialects, which uh, the, the nasals are more open, and they also have little diphthongs that can come in and creep into their French, and you hear that a lot, and, and especially now that I'm away from French Canada, I can really hear the differences when I go back and I think, wow, there is a difference. But every single person that I know in Canada can mainstream the French to be more international, to be more proper. And um, and I think the same goes for people in French. And I think, depending on what region, that's the same for everywhere in every language. every yeah. Whatever region you're from is the, is the, is the, is the, the accent you're going to have.
0: Yeah. And when you studied French diction in a university, then, of course, it's still the same French diction that we're all talking about. It's the same books that we all are using. I mean, it's...
1: Exactly. And, you know, and the the man that taught me French diction, uh, Robert Evans, who's a diction specialist, he's, he's passed away now, but he spoke like 14 languages. But he was not a native French speaker. His French was beautiful. And, you know, of course you walk into it, a diction class and it's your language like you walk it for you walking into an English diction class or for me a French diction class at whatever age we were when we did that <laughs> you think what do I need this for I know how to speak the language but it's so important to know exactly why things are pronounced a certain way and some things I didn't even know like some elision rules and some things you just do you don't know why or you don't Care or you to know it because you just know it, it's innate. Mm -hmm. But it was very important now for me to explain it to somebody else. You know, it's easy to say, well, it's just this way, and sometimes you have to, especially in the French language where there are so many rules, can't keep them straight.
0: Are there any specific sounds or spellings or things that you find that foreigners, that we foreigners, have problems with in French?
1: I mean, yeah, definitely I think the biggest one, unfortunately, is the schwa and the E-N-T at the end of the words, and then the schwa in the middle of a word. I mean, it's really difficult. Also, the, the nasals, the one thing that I keep talking about in coaching is not to pronounce the N in the nasal, and uh, so if you have E-N-E-M, don't pronounce that N or that M. They're, they're just there to demonstrate that it's going to be a nasal, I mean nasal, it's a, it's a really difficult word because it, it conjures up all sorts of images of the nose, but it's really just to get that sound uh, uh, in there.
0: I completely agree with Nathalie about studying the diction of your own language. Many of us take it for granted, but there are always subtleties that get passed over in normal speech that we also then forget about in singing. So as you're working your way through the IPA in all these foreign languages, think about applying it to your own. Dr. Robert Page, my college choir conductor, used to always say, we don't sing language. We sing sounds that come out sounding to the listener like language. Keep that in mind the next time you pick up something in your own native tongue and see how that changes your performance. And that's all for today. If you'd like to know more about Natalie Doucet or if you have any comments or questions for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, Please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that more people can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening and see you next week.